Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 583 for release on Sunday, April 26, 2020. In WaveScan today, another chapter in the radio scene on the islands of Vanuatu, our ancient DX report for 1921, and our Australian DX report from Bob Padula. It was on Monday, April 6, 2020, that the devastating Cyclone Herald struck the islands of Vanuatu in the South Pacific with sustained winds at 165 miles per hour and exceptional gusts in excess of 185 miles per hour. The high-velocity winds, together with a heavy rainfall measuring 15 inches, wrought an intensive havoc on all of the northern islands in islandic Vanuatu damaging and destroying buildings and stripping the palm trees of their foliage. It stated that 90% of the homes in the town of Luganville were totally destroyed or badly damaged. Here's Ray Robinson now at KVOH with more information. Thanks, Jeff. This massive South Pacific storm knocked out inter-island communications throughout Vanuatu, and it took some time for the central government in Port Vila to learn the damage impact throughout its nation of scattered islands. Vanuatu is made up of 82 islands, 65 of which are inhabited, that are stretched out over 800 miles of the vast South Pacific Ocean. News about the onward progress of the cyclone was presented by many news media in New Zealand and Australia. The ZB News Network in New Zealand reported that Air New Zealand made an airdrop of needed supplies and food. A similar plane loaded with supplies from Australia made a mercy flight to Vanuatu, but was unable to land due to runway damage and debris, and it simply returned home to Australia. Commercial radio stations in Australia presented many news reports of the progressive impact of Cyclone Harold and of the worsening conditions on the ground throughout the islands. Many medium wave stations in coastal Queensland carried the cyclone reports, including commercial stations 4RO in Rockhampton with 5 kilowatts on 990 kHz and 4CC in neighbouring Gladstone on 927 kHz also with 5 kilowatts. This two-station network, together with their half a dozen relay stations, reported that the worst-hit islands were Espiritu Santo, Milo, Pentecost and the capital city island, Efate. Most of the local radio broadcasting stations in Vanuatu were off the air during the massive impact of Cyclone Harold, though Radio New Zealand International was on the air on shortwave with cyclone information. However, nothing was heard in Vanuatu from Australia due to the fact that Radio Australia was long since closed and off the air and its stations have been dismembered. The first wireless station in the New Hebrides, or Vanuatu, was inaugurated on Iririki Island, opposite the capital city Port Vila on Efate Island, in 1910, and it is still on the air to this day. The original call sign was HNV, though their call sign nowadays is YJM. 
During the Pacific War, both the Japanese and the Americans on Espiritu Santo Island operated communication and tactical radio transmitters for both local and international coverage. Then there was also the American AFRS medium wave station WRUR that was on the air at Luganville on Espiritu Santo Island from 1944 to 1946 with 1 kilowatt on 1045 kHz. During the 1930s, the usage of communication radio was introduced into the New Hebrides Islands for the benefit of official government units, Christian mission stations and schools, foreign plantation stations and the larger business organisations. The shortwave radio transmitter and receiver was a useful communication tool for the transmission of important information. However, in addition to the transmission of business matters, the radio also provided a relief from the boredom of isolation for the expatriate citizens with the sharing of news and information. This shortwave radio service also provided the opportunity for some form of socialisation. In this way, small local informal radio networks were formed. Prior to the commencement of the Pacific War in 1941, the British developed a network of small radio transmitters throughout the New Hebrides Islands and elsewhere from this already formed basis of local communication. These little local radio stations, together with others that were officially set up, grew into what became the Coast Watch service throughout the Pacific Islands during World War II. Popular for use in the Coast Watch service were the combination transmitters and receivers that were developed for this purpose by AWA in Australia. The original AWA Model 3A was the basis for an improved Model 3B, and this was improved into the more famous model 3BZ. The 3BZ transmitter with an output power of 13 watts was crystal controlled, thus ensuring stability of the operating frequency. A hundred of these Coastwatch stations were operating in hidden areas during the Pacific War. For the New Hebrides, net control was established at Port Vila on Efati Island. After the end of the Pacific War, the facilities and the procedures of the Coastwatch service in the New Hebrides were maintained, and thus the condominium teleradio network came into operation. Ultimately, a small radio transmitter together with its associated equipment was installed on most of the islands that now form the nation of Vanuatu, with additional units also installed at some of the major city, town and village centres. The Vanuatu teleradio network is still in use to this day throughout the island nation, and only in very recent time have some of the lesser islands been connected into the net. The first shortwave communication station on Tegua Island, for example, was installed in 2007, though this unit fell into disrepair more recently. Other islands on which teleradio has been installed are Vanua Lava, Gawa and Mota. The 1955 edition of the World Radio Handbook carries a brief entry for the New Hebrides. This entry states that the condominium teleradio network occasionally carries announcements and messages on shortwave, with 15 watts on 6900 kHz. However, the published entry states that this was not a regular radio broadcasting service. In actual fact, this teleradio service had already been on the air for a decade, perhaps even a score of years. 
In a coming episode of Wavescan, we plan to present the story of the introduction of a genuine radio broadcasting service in Vanuatu. But for now, back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Ray Robinson, KVOH in Los Angeles, for that information. Ray has been uh, monitoring the situation there with Radio Vanuatu. On April 11th, 12th, and 13th, he said uh, that Radio Vanuatu was on 24 hours a day on different frequencies, on 3945 during certain hours, 5040, and uh, back to 3945, and then 2485 kilohertz. However, the latest information... Uh, based on various reports that Ray has seen online, Vanuatu does seem to be on the air 24-7 again this week and all on the frequency of 3945 kilohertz. There are other frequencies of 2485, 5040, and 7260 kilohertz are inactive at the moment as monitored over the weekend on a remote online SDR in New Zealand. There have also been numerous reports from around the world of DXers now hearing Vanuatu on 11.835 kHz, the third harmonic of 3945. Apparently an antenna balin was damaged during the recent cyclone, which is causing second and third harmonics to be heard. 11.835 is getting out well, even when the fundamental 3945 is not able to propagate. Matt Francis in New South Wales, Australia, heard them on Monday, April 20th on both 7890 and 11835, with live coverage of their parliament sitting for the first time since their recent election, with a roll call of MPs as they voted for a new prime minister and the formation of a coalition government. Other program content has included discussions of how aid is being distributed throughout the island nation, but of course much of the broadcasts are in vernacular, so they're difficult to understand. But this could present a unique opportunity for DXers and SWLs to hear Vanuatu for themselves on their own equipment. We were able to pick them up on a web SDR on the North Island of New Zealand also, and we heard them on the 11.835 kilohertz. Not, they couldn't be heard on the, on the 3.945, but they were coming in very well on 11.835 at 2200 UTC on April 20th. Production printers. We specialize in digital offset printing, large format printing like outdoor banners and stickers, t-shirts and promotional items printing. We also offer in-house designing services. With more than 20 years printing experience in Vanuatu, we ensure you quality, professional and the best services available at a competitive pricing convenient for commercial and personal purposes. Now with our new machines and experienced staff, rest assured to meet your printing needs on time. Call us today on 23813 or place your order through sales at sunproductionvanuatu.com Sun Production Princess, the printer you can trust. Thank you, Laura. Company Plural Time with them, Radio Vanuatu. One minute to me, Lusum, nine o'clock. And by any kind of volume update, don't get a news flame with them, Company Plural Simo, Warijo. Morning, A recording there of Radio Vanuatu on their uh, 11.835 kilohertz harmonic as heard on a web SDR in New Zealand. More coronavirus changes in programming. 
NHK World Radio Japan is suspending the Arabic, French, Burmese, Swahili, Persian, Bengali, Urdu, and Hindi language news for a period of time. They will broadcast their English news instead. But Media Broadcast in Germany tells us that this will not affect the Spanish program via Okeechobee. That's at 0400 UTC daily on 5985 kilohertz directed to Central America. And now let's go back to uh, Ray Robinson in Los Angeles for our Ancient DX report for 1921. During that year, there was a tremendous increase throughout the world in the usage of wireless and radio. And this was for two widely different purposes. Wireless and radio for local and international communication, and radio for the broadcast of news, information, and entertainment programming. Thanks, Jeff. During this year, 1921, RCA was finalizing the construction and installation of what was intended to be the world's largest wireless station. The massive Radio Central, the RCA Rocky Point Wireless Station, WQK, sat upon a slice of land on Long Island, New York, measuring 10 square miles. When completed, the station would hold 12 long-wave wireless transmitters at 200 kilowatts each, together with a stupendous antenna system running for many miles and supported on tall towers arranged like the spokes in a wheel. Each of the 12 antenna systems would be 3 miles long, utilising 25 miles of aerial wire in each antenna system. The official opening day of this new electrical behemoth was Saturday, November 5, 1921, and President Warren G. Harding pressed a button in the White House that set the apparatus in operation. At that stage, communication station WQK was then on the air, though initially with only one transmitter and one antenna system. Over in England, a similar long-wave communication station was taken into service a few months earlier, on August 18, 1921. Station GBL, with its 250-kilowatt transmitter, was established at Leafield, near Oxford, as the first station, and the European end, of what was intended to become the Imperial Wireless chain that stretched from England to Australia. The 11-year-old 3-kilowatt Spark wireless station on Triangle Island out in the Pacific Ocean from British Columbia in Canada was closed and replaced by a new station at Bull Harbour on Hope Island under the same call sign VAG. On May 1st, 1921, wireless communication in Morse code was established between the United States and Vietnam in Southeast Asia. The pathway for this new communication system ran via a network of American Navy wireless stations, from station NPG in San Francisco, California, via NPM in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, NPN on Guam, and NPO in Cavite in the Philippines, and thence via two French colonial stations in Vietnam, HZA in Saigon and HVA in Hanoi. During this same year, 1921, the Dutch-operated Batavia Petroleum Company opened their own wireless communication station, PKF, at Balikpapan on the island of Borneo. And the island of Tonga in the South Pacific opened their own station, VSB, in their capital city, Nukualofa, on the island of Tonga Tapu. 
Listed as the wireless station on the world's smallest inhabited island, station CGI on small Willis Island, about 200 miles out in the Pacific, east of Cairns, was opened for service on November 7, 1921. Daily weather reports were sent by Morse code to the AWA station VIC at Cooktown on the Queensland coast of Australia. On the radio broadcasting scene, we note that Sydney Newman, with AWA at Canterbury in suburban Melbourne, conducted a series of test transmissions from their station 3ME on 273 kHz longwave beginning in January. Of major significance was the inauguration of amateur station 2CM as a broadcasting station with Charles McClurkin in Sydney during the year 1921, and he was granted Australia's first radio broadcasting licence. Over in New Zealand, Professor Robert Jack at the University of Otago in Dunedin on the South Island made the first radio broadcast in that country on November the 17th with a programme of recorded music. At the request of Sir George Lloyd, Governor of Bombay, the Times of India and the Postal and Telegraph Office cooperated with the production of a special radio broadcast in August. His Excellency, the Governor, heard this broadcast in Pune, more than 100 miles distant. Back in the old country, there was an early broadcast of interest during mid-year 1921. On Saturday, June the 4th, at the running of the English Derby at Epsom Downs in Surrey, England, a radio transmitter on the back tray of a truck carried a running commentary of this very popular horse race. Over in the United States, at the beginning of the year on January the 3rd, radio station 9XM, now WHA, at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, began the broadcast of weather information in voice mode. And then at the end of the year on December the 9th, Charles Herald in San Jose, California was granted the call sign KQW for his program broadcasting station, now KCBS. On the shortwave scene, Frank Conrad at KDKA and at his home station 8XK, together with two or three other amateur station operators, continued their experimental transmissions on shortwave. They also noted the growing number of medium wave stations that could be heard with a stronger signal on their unsuppressed shortwave harmonics. And finally, both AT&T with 2XJ at Deal in New Jersey and MIT at Cambridge, Massachusetts were experimenting with shortwave transmissions towards the end of the year 1921. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray. And now some news about a new program that's on shortwave, Radio Emma Talk World Service. In February 1922, a small group of young Marconi employees entertained radio amateurs and listeners across the UK and beyond with regular experimental broadcasts every Tuesday evening from wireless station 2MT. The broadcasts originated from a long, low hut in Rittle on the outskirts of Chelmsford, Essex and the enthusiastic team, led by Captain Peter Eckersley, assembled their transmitter together with a gramophone player, microphone, and on occasions a piano from the local public house to entertain listeners. Whilst transmissions lasted for just a year, their impact was immense. Many of those involved moved on to make major contributions to the works of Marconi and the BBC, and these early pioneering transmissions are now regarded as the birth of British broadcasting. Our aim is twofold, they say. 
Firstly, to celebrate this short time in history, when a small wooden hut occupied by a small group of fascinating individuals became the home of the UK's first regular radio broadcasts. And secondly, to recreate the spirit, fun, and adventure of 2MT and celebrate today's hobby of radio listening and experimentation. Radio Emmetalk World Service is a monthly 30-minute radio program presented by Jim Salmon, raising awareness of the 2MT story and celebrating all that is good, unusual, and fascinating with radio today. They welcome listener participation. You can email them at emmatalk, that's E-M-M-A-T-O-C, 1922, at gmail.com. That's emmatalk1922 at gmail.com. And you can find more information on their website, www.emmatalk.com. The program, Radio Emmatalk World Service, is on every Thursday. It's a monthly program, but it's on every week um, at 0 UTC on Thursday on 9955 kHz from Okeechobee and also uh, streamed at WRMI.net. Radio Amatok. This is the Radio Amatok World Service. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Radio Amatok. Namaste, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Aap jahan kahin bhi sun rahe hain, aap sabka Radio Amatok World Service pe swagat hai. Wherever you are, you're with Radio Amatok. There may be some atmospherics, there may be some, there may be some jamming, there may be some oscillation, Woo! but hang on, CQ, we're just going to receive it A little bit of Radio Emmetalk World Service there, heard at midnight UTC Thursdays on 9955 kHz. Now let's go to Australia, here's Bob Padula. Solar activity remains very low resulting in unreliable long-haul propagation on darkness or semi-darkness paths on frequencies above about 11 MHz. The 10.7 cm solar radio flux is holding around 71, that's 71, and the daily equivalent sunspot number is around 5, that's single digit 5. And that means that transmissions, long-haul transmissions, um, on semi-darkness or darkness paths on frequencies above about 11 MHz will continue to be unreliable and transmissions on frequencies above about 11 MHz on daylight paths will be somewhat more satisfactory. Here in Melbourne good reception during our afternoon periods on most bands subject to propagation conditions. This is a summary of notable frequency occupancies in the window 0300 to 0345. This was noted from the Westerfolds Park in Melbourne, Melbourne's outer east, no, outer eastern suburb of Melbourne, using the Eaton E5 receiver with two metres of antenna in a tree. Transmissions from China proliferated, only some are included here beginning with the 31 metre band 9545 Solomon Islands Broadcasting Service the domestic program 9550 Iran the voice of the Islamic Republic of Iran in Russian 9635 the voice of Vietnam with its domestic services in national languages 
9740 Radio Romania International with its Spanish programming to the Americas in the 25 meter band 11580 Taiwan Sound of Hope the uh, politically based station using broken transmissions broadcast in Chinese 11700 China China Radio International from the Kashi transmitting station in Hindi 11745 Saudi Arabia programs in Arabic that's the main Arabic program also on the parallel frequency of 11860 and on 11810 South Korea Korean Broadcasting System in Korean the international service and 11905 China China National Radio Network 6 that's one of the internal services broadcasting in Amoy and the same program in parallel on 11935 11950 China the Xiang People's Broadcasting Station in Chinese 11980 Tajikistan Radio Free Asia from Dushanbei Relay in Chinese 12045 China China National Radio Network 1 and 12080 China National Radio Network 2 and 13650 North Korea the voice of Korea with programs in Chinese just a reminder that full detail ADXR QSL cards are available by contacting this address the URL is simply adxr.org give it once again adxr.org so until our next program this is Bob in Melbourne Victoria Australia wishing you all good listening and thanks for being with us thank you very much Bob To end Wavescan today, we have music by the musicians of the National Dance Company of Cambodia, Homrong. Thanks for listening to Wavescan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the Greenland story, the good ship Morrissey and its Arctic voyages. We'll also have more from the HFCC in Malaysia and our Japan DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. You can send your AWR and KSDA reports for this program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. We appreciate your reception reports, all of which are QSL'd in due course. However, we do request that when you're sending a reception report to AWR by email, please send it to only one AWR email address, and that is QSL at awr.org 
And the only postal address for AWRQSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, in Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence, not reception reports, to uh, the program is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone.